0: Obviously, the Jets know something that you know the people up here don't
1: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the turn on the Jets podcast I'm your host Joe Caporoso owner of TurnontheJets.com, joined as always by my co-host Dolvin Asario current mayoral city council candidate, give us the most updated scoop deal at
0: the top. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. So I am, uh, as you guys know, I am running for uh, Montgomery County Council. Um, so the, the council is made up of nine uh, members, five district representatives and four at large seats. So I am running for district one, which encompasses Bethesda, Chevy Chase, Potomac, um, parts of Rockville. And yeah, so I'm really, really excited. I officially announced on August 7th due to some just redistricting, I had to uh, amend the announcement. But yeah, no, we are, off and running thank you to everybody so much for the donations that you guys have made already i'm super appreciative of that hat tip to joe for all of his help um and yeah it hasn't running for you know politics running for office has not stopped me from being able to analyze just how bad christian hackenberg and this team will be so uh thank you thank you for still letting me come on even though i've now you know sold out to the establishment so to speak (laughs) Well, listen,
1: Dio getting it done in a lot of different areas right now. Uh, Today's podcast, uh, we'll talk about the Jets' less than exciting performance against the Detroit Lions, namely focusing on some of their problems on the offensive side of the football, particularly at the quarterback position, before wrapping with some of the positives on the defensive side of the football, and a few things that we're going to look forward to in their preseason game against the Giants, the third preseason game where we expect to see extended action from the starters, Whoever that may end up being a quarterback, but then the rest of the projected starters should be playing more than usual. Uh, before we dive into it, I want to remind you guys this podcast is brought to you by Prime Sport, Official team partner and sponsor of the New York Jets for the 2017 season. Make sure to check out Primesport.com backslash turn on the Jets for more information on the packages that they will have this year. Make sure to give them a follow on Twitter at PrimeSport, follow on Facebook at PrimeSport. And just show them some love. They've been working with us for over a year now, and we're happy to continue to work with them across the site on the Twelve Act and on the podcast. All right. Jets, preseason debut, pretty encouraging, uh, mainly mainly because the first offense went out the field and scored a touchdown, and the defa- defense was dominant, really, across the board. They held the Titans to three points. Expectations, maybe a tick up going into their first road game against the Lions. A surprise last-second decision to start Christian Hackenberg, quarterback. Josh McCown does not play at all. Hackenberg plays the whole first half. Penny plays the entire second half. Jets lose 16-6 in what was uh, just a flat-out ugly game. Defensively, we'll get to this a little later, Uh, there were some bright spots, and particularly in the second half, they settled down. They did allow one touchdown drive uh, to Matthew Stafford and uh, Marvin Jones uh, towards the end of the first half, which was discouraging to see. But overall, the unit has been pretty solid through the first two games. Offensively, you know, let's be blunt like we're always going to be here and cut through bs it was an absolute train wreck uh christian hackenberg started the game he finished two for six uh with negative three net passing yards but because he was sacked a couple of times uh he only completed two passes on swing passes that did not land past the line of scrimmage uh he missed robbie anderson on a should-be touchdown he should have been intercepted on a slant route he forced to sharon peak uh, he fumbled on one of his sacks which he was lucky to fall back on and recover And he looked completely overwhelmed and overmatched. And this is not overly surprising. I do think his preseason debut had a little too much hype because, yes, he completed a lot of passes, but the majority of them were against a second-team defense, and they were all one read, three-step drops, slant routes, hitch routes. Uh, And the Lions, even though they said they did not watch much tape on it, they were squatting on the routes. And Hackenberg would take three steps, stare at his first read, and if he wasn't open, he was throwing it to him anyway, or he was gonna take a sack. And you know, as a few people have pointed out, guys like Daniel Woody on Twitter and stuff, all these sacks are not on the offensive line. This happened a lot with Bryce Petty last year. Before the snap, it is on the quarterback to recognize where the blitz is coming from and set the protection accordingly or set his hot reads accordingly. He needs to slide the protection over, either tell Bilal Powell if you need to chip before you release, or look for the ball right away. Don't run your pre-designated five-yard out route. So he has someone to get away from. What he can't do is stare to the other side of the field and then be surprised when he gets blindsided for an 11-yard loss. That's just a lack of field awareness, and that's why the Jets do have a veteran like Josh McCown around for all of his flaws, because you reach a certain point with a young quarterback where he can't protect himself, and then you can't evaluate the other pieces around you. You can't evaluate your young right tackle. You can't evaluate your left tackle you signed in free agency. You can't evaluate your young center. How do you know if your young running backs and receivers are good if you don't have a guy who can't even do the rudimentary base, basics of playing quarterback? We're now through four preseason games with Hackenberg, and you know we tweeted these stats out today. This is over the course of four games now, so it's a somewhat decent sample size. Four games, 37 of 78, 47% completion percentage, 300 total yards, which comes out to a 3.8 yard per attempt, which is uh, the most staggering stat of all these. It's just unbelievable. One touchdown, two interceptions, one lost fumble, and seven, seven total points generated through four games. Uh. We've heard a lot about progress. I'm not really sure where that progress has been yet. It's been 13 drives this preseason with zero points. I, you know, what am I? Am I missing anything here? What What did you What did you see from Hackenberg against Detroit? And does he have any claim towards being a starting quarterback this year?
0: You know what, Joe? It's funny because like I, so I'm a big numbers fan. I've I've always been a numbers fan since I was a kid. Just because I numbers tend to stand out a lot, right? Like we know in baseball, 500 home runs is that's kind of the standard bearer for for the Hall of Fame. The NFL Hall of Fame has always been super subjective, and it's always on you know the voters to decide. Like, okay, this is the person that should get in. I find it a lot. That even like as you tweeted, that's the stat. I asked Edward Gorlick to look at it like, you know, just to put it in context. And he said that if that was a full season, it would be the worst season by any quarterback in history. And that's wild because this is an NFL. The NFL annals are littered with. Uh, overhyped quarterbacks who got drafted way too early and then did not produce, right? Like you look at Jamarcus Russell, you look at Tim Tebow to an extent, Johnny Manziel. Like these are guys that, again, drafted in the first round didn't really produce, right? And so you know they're out of football. And Christian Hackenberg, I mean, I had him in, at seventy nine eighty on my big board, which means that he he was a solid uh, third round prospect, like mid third round, and the Jets took him really early on, about. 31 spots ahead of where I had him and this is kind of the thing and I've seen you kind of get a lot of this like people are like oh my god he wasn't overdrafted listen if he if we had him scouted as a third round pick and he goes in the second round that means he's overdrafted if I had him as the 80th best player and he gets taken 65th. That means he's overdrafted. There is no... Now, again, you can make the argument that quarterbacks should go higher. And sure, that could be true if this was a can't-miss quarterback. So And he wasn't. At Penn State, he was bad his last two seasons. He had a phenomenal freshman year. Struggled his sophomore and junior year, right? Then he plays last year in the preseason. And he's got awful Like, he was so bad that the Jets handed the backup job to Bryce Petty. And Bryce Petty, again to make Bryce Petty look good to make Bryce Petty look the way that he has right now like that's concerned for me Bryce Petty to me came in came into this offseason as the forgotten man this was supposed to be the year that Christian Hackenberg took that next step to eventually be able to start but how he looked last week I wouldn't play him there'd be no reason to there was one gift that you showed early on in the in the week where uh, he threw a slant to Sharon Peak Hackenberg took three steps and did not take his eyes off of Sharon Peek. He made a decision to throw the ball there. He threw it. Peek gets his hands on it. It would have been a difficult catch. But the cornerback got there right when the ball did. He was able to bat it up, and it should have been an interception. Those are the things. For example, when you see Patrick Mahomes throw an out route that almost got taken for a pick six. Things like that are things that you will see young quarterbacks do when they're trying too hard to make a play, and the good ones eventually learn how to bounce back. So you look at Mahomes. Mahomes didn't do that again. Christian Hackenberg continued to stare down receivers, continued to throw the ball into triple coverage. And it's – and like you mentioned where he missed Robbie Anderson like- – He missed Robbie Anderson by a lot. It wasn't by a little bit. It wasn't by like two or three feet. It was by a lot that he missed them. And the ball sailed out of bounds on what should have been a touchdown. And for an offense that is going to be starved for points, you need your quarterbacks to hit on the shots that they do get. You want to know how you get cornerbacks to stop playing up on the Christian Hackenberg routes? It's by hitting those deep deep shots down the field to Robbie Anderson when he burns a corner. So for me... I started by saying that I'm a fan of numbers, and yes, I am. But removing that context, I can look at Hackenberg and say, and this was the same after the first preseason game, how were his mechanics? His mechanics in the first preseason game against Tennessee were so much better. Against Detroit, he was doing a lot of the same things he did at Penn State. He was opening himself up. He was shuffling his feet. At one point in the late, he was doing the cha-cha slide. And again, it made no sense to me because it looked like two completely different quarterbacks versus Tennessee than, than it was against Detroit. I didn't think he would be an NFL starting quarterback. I would love to be proven wrong, but through four preseason games, other than the one good game last week, there isn't anything that I'm like, wow, yeah, no, he's finally figured it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just got to look around the league. Look at even Deshaun Kaiser. He, second-round quarterback, who's a rookie. He's on a terrible team. He was on a terrible team in college, and he's been competent this preseason. Not great, but competent. He has an 8.5 yards per attempt. He's thrown a touchdown. He looks like he might be able to be an NFL quarterback, and he's probably going to start for them week one. This is year two for Hackenberg, and he is just miles and miles away. He's probably the third best quarterback on the team who has the worst quarterback situation in the NFL, and it's probably the worst overall team in the NFL. So it's just not close right now. And you know the backlash to being realistic and rational about how this guy is playing. It's. It's insane. There is is no counter Mm -hmm. argument based on statistics, based on film, based on anything that's happening in the real world that says this guy is ready to play and he is progressing. The only arguments that you get back are either two ways. And I tweeted this this morning. It's either a whataboutism or it's a personal attack. So Mm -hmm. the whataboutism is that, yeah, Hackenberg has been really bad, but Sean Watson was 3 for 10. McCown takes bad sacks. And Paxson Lynch is bad. None of that stuff has anything to do with Christian Hackenberg and has any impact on the Jets, him or the Jets roster. The personal attacks are, you just want to see him fail. You're a hater. We should root for him <laughs> too well. He needs time. Also has nothing to do with how he's playing and it's not based in reality. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want meaningless platitudes based on complete irrationality, you're not going to get it from our site. You're not going to get it from any of our writers because... Frankly, we think Jeff fans deserve better than that. We're not going to sell you a bunch of false hope and BS that a guy is playing great when he's not, because you're smarter than that, and you shouldn't be getting your hopes up for someone who is not playing well. There's no reason to live in that sort of fantasy land on it. I don't know what else there really is to say on the topic. You have anything else, Dio, before we move over to the defense?
0: No, I mean you're right. I, I think that there is. I mean, one of the things that I, I saw and I, and I touched on this in, in my roundtable and I went, I, in my roundtable response, and I finally went and found the the article. It was from somebody from Jets Fam media, I think, like KS and then a bunch of numbers, who had said that like anybody who who thinks Hackenberg isn't good right now became a scout off of Twitter and GIFs. And for me, I so the, the insulting thing about that is that like I know. So for example, like I I know Connor has busted his butt to become where he is right now and uh, it started with us doing undrafted free agent scouting reports for the site so just because we took a very different route or because you know than most people would expect like yeah we didn't take the route that mel kiper and anybody else took um that doesn't mean that our analysis is less uh less accurate than theirs if anything we're batting a much higher percentage in the nfl draft than those guys you know so i, I think I do find it interesting that the first thing that it reverts to, and it is interesting for two reasons. I find it interesting that that the first thing they revert to is to insult people, and it's like, ah, whatever, like, okay, fine, that's what you do. The second point is, none of the excuses that that are being made for Christian Hackenberg right now were made for Geno Smith or made for Mark Sanchez. None of them were, but they're made for Christian Hackenberg, and I don't understand why, when Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez were better quarterbacks in the collegiate level than Christian Hackenberg.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um All right, let's move over to the defense and talk about something a little more positive. <laughs> I mean, yep. and, and defensively, this was not quite as good of a performance as we saw against Tennessee. Uh Three more sacks, another forced turnover that came in the second half, but it did allow a touchdown. Uh wasn't a great night for Morris Claiborne, who's now been sitting out hurt, and, and we know that's something that comes with the territory with him. He's missed 26 games over the past three years. Uh And... You know, struggled. You know, he struggled. He looked like he was playing hurt a little bit. Outside of that, the defensive line got a good push. Uh, they struggled. The linebackers struggled a little bit in intermediate coverage, but did continue to get good pressure and play well against the run. But overall, uh, there's been some encouraging signs that might lead us to believe the Jets will have a little better depth and speed than we've seen in recent years. Guys like Josh Martin playing really well at outside linebacker, where he's really seized that job opposite of Jordan Jenkins. Uh, Demario Davis looking better than expected or at least much better than he was the first time around the Jets. Darren Lee's had a good preseason, uh, put on a little weight but doesn't seem to have lost much at any speed. And a guy like Justin Burris has had a quiet preseason and that's a good thing for a cornerback. So there might be a little more depth and talent, and speed than we initially anticipated at the second and third level, this defense is going to be put in bad situations all year. So it's going to be very hard for them to be a top 5 to 10 even defense, but it should be in the top half of the league. and should be able to take advantage uh, of teams with bad quarterbacks and bad offenses, and the Jets get a few of those. So it will be interesting to test to see how they do against the Giants, but through two weeks, I think you've got to be encouraged, particularly with guys like Lee and Jenkins playing well. Guys like Josh Martin and Dexter McDougal, who no one really had a lot of expectations at him on defense, also consistently playing well maybe adding some depth on the back end.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Demario Davis, I think, uh, has shown up. And it's funny, Chris Nimbley had said that Davis looked faster and just more motivated. He said that when we first got him in And I jokingly said, well, yeah, being in Cleveland probably does that to you. Um, but you're seeing him like just – Again, continuing his what what he did here in terms of being vocal, but he also I think he I think he played well, um, and I think him next to Lee and you're right you mentioned Lee bulking up a little bit I was I think the biggest thing you've seen with him is that and a lot a lot of Jet fans were like oh my God what he bulked up um, it's going to be the same as Malden and the difference between Lee bulking up versus Malden is that a lot of Lee and again this is unless Todd Bowles absolutely changes direction and starts playing Lee off the edge him bulking up is necessary because he takes a lot of punishment. Malden's bulking up, robbed him a lot of his bend and a lot of that speed off of the edge, and it wasn't until midseason that he looked like the Malden that we saw his rookie year. Um, another thing I think Marcus may has been has been really good on the defensive side of the ball. I think I think that they the, the defense is hungry to prove that they're not going to lose and that they're 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 uh, immune to the tank. and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh no, but we have to tank in order to get a quarterback." Uh, this defense is going to be too good to really sustain a lot of that tank talk. And you kind of see that even through two games against two pretty good quarterbacks in Mariota Mariota and Stafford. I think you, you've seen where, again, the corners should be good enough. The secondary should be good enough. The linebacker should be good enough. And then not enough can be said about the defensive line who, show, who has shown already that they seem like a hungry bunch, particularly Sheldon Richardson. And I get it's a contract year, but him and Leonard Williams have been the best guys on the defensive line.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we know this defensive line is going to be good, and the real the real question is how much can this um, how much can this linebacker group how much can this secondary group uh, take advantage of having that good of a defensive front? It's it, they should be making life easier for guys like Darren Lee, Demario Davis, and Josh Martin and Jordan Jenkins because if you're getting a consistently strong pass rush, it should make their lives that much easier. So that's basically what we're going to be hoping to see. Uh, from some of these guys who were lesser known in the Jets' defense. All right, Dio, real quick before we wrap, uh, give me one or two things you really want to see from the Jets against the Giants in, the pre- in their third preseason game.
0: Uh, some points from the first team offense. I think that's a, that's a big thing for me. Um, I I think that two, I think other than the Josh McCallum drive um, and even like when Hackenberg was in there, the offense moved, but they didn't get enough points. And so I think you want to see points. Um, you want to see. So that's one. Two, I want to see the running game, which has been non-existent. And again, I think the pass protection has been partly to blame in terms of has been partly the issue. And the quarterback's not setting the proper protections, but that's no excuse for the run game. The running game has been non existent. And I a team that's going to need the running game is the New York Jets. Like there's other teams that you can kinda of skate by and think, oh no, the quarterback will carry us. The Jets are not that kind of team. Third thing is, and I and I keep saying this, is more turnovers. you saw you you saw them last week. The defense has been good, but you have to continue to force turnovers in order to give your offense a short field. So those are the three things that I'm looking to see. What about you? What what three things are you do you need to see in order to feel comfortable and again comfortably speaking going into week one against buffalo i want to see points
1: i like to see some points from the offense i know it's a, a crazy thing to want to root for in football but the team has scored one touchdown and it was on their first drive so I'd, li- I'd like to see some touchdowns uh i'd like to see the defense continue to keep it up in terms of sacks and turnovers they've had at least one turnover in bulk games they've gotten after the quarterback very well so i want to see that continue um and I just don't know what to expect with this quarterback rotation. Literally nothing would surprise me from Bryce Petty starting and playing all four quarters to McCown starting to Hackenberg starting. It's just completely wide open. So whoever is under center, I just want to see first downs. I want to see some breakthrough in the running game from guys like McGuire and Powell. I don't know if is going to play or not, but I'd rather see the younger running backs make some plays. And i like to see a guy like our Darius Stewart build on what was a strong game against the Lions. That, those are sort of the things I'm hoping for overall and uh, you know let's see if the jets can fulfill them. All right guys, before we wrap, we're going to throw a quick pre- throw to Scott Mason for a quick preview of this week's play like a jet. A uh, few reminders, make sure to subscribe to this podcast, the Turn the Jets podcast on iTunes, leave us a review. We're about 5 away from 100, got to hit that number. Uh, make sure to check out our gear on theloyalistcom backslash turn the jets. We will have a sale going on this weekend, uh, 20% off and we have a few new shirts coming out. Also make sure to subscribe to the Jet Take on iTunes, our newest podcast hosted by Kyle Fahey and Ben Blessington, uh, a call-in show, very good fan interactive show. They had Santonio Holmes on last week. Make sure to follow our man Dalbin here on Twitter at the underscore Sario. And I think that just about covers it. Any final words, Dalbin?
0: Uh Just enjoy that we're almost at the season and let's try to get through the next two weeks without killing each other on Twitter, everybody.
1: All right, everybody, we will be back next week. Stay tuned for a preview of Play Like a Jet.
0: Okay, before we wrap this week, we want to wrap how we
1: normally do, which is throwing it to Scott Mason to give you a preview of this week's Play Like a Jet. If you have not yet, please make sure to subscribe to Play Like a Jet on iTunes or check out episodes on -on turnonthejets.com. Scott talks to different players and individuals from previous Jet seasons on different historical moments in the team history. Scott, who are you talking to this
2: week? Well, the last two weeks, Joe, we did a series with Doug Shanahan, who was a safety, an All-American, a three-time All-American safety for Hofstra. And he made it all the way to the very end of training camp. He was the last defensive player cut in 2002. So we got some really cool stories from him. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet, go ahead and check it out on iTunes or at turnonthejets.com. A lot of stories about Herm Edwards. If you want to hear some stuff about a different coach, namely Rex Ryan, then this week you can tune in and hear Tom Otiano, who had a different journey a couple of years later in 2011, the lockout season. He was trying out for the Jets and actually was invited to camp to try out as an offensive lineman. What was it like to wait through the lockout and what was he doing to prepare through the lockout? Lots of frustration abounds. He'll talk all about it. Also going to be talking about – some of the stars, NFL stars that he formed lifelong friendships with as he went along in his college career. And then even during the lockout, one of them is kind of a semi-legendary local NFL player in recent years. So we'll talk about that. And also we're going to talk about what he did to get ready for the tryouts after he went undrafted. There was uh, a huge process that was underway as far as going and working out like a demon to be ready and in the best shape of his life to try and catch on with an NFL team. He's going to talk about that and more. He's another Hofstra guy, started out as a Hofstra guy and became the last captain of the Hofstra squad before he transferred to Jeff Lloyd's alma mater, Monmouth, And became an offensive lineman there all before he tried out for the Jets in two thousand eleven. That's a season, of course, that you can hear all about with Nicholas Daladoff in our archives at TurnontheJets.com and of course iTunes. And speaking of Jeff Lloyd, please make sure that you listen to draft season, play like a jet, this podcast, the Turn on the Jets podcast, and our newest one, the Jet Take every single week. And make sure that you don't not only listen and subscribe, but that you also give us Positive reviews on iTunes. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it really means a lot to us, and it helps us a ton, especially as far as getting good guests and improving our visibility so we can keep bringing you this great programming for free every single week. So that's what we have this week. It's the final week of our training camp trilogy. Next week we'll return to more of the traditional Play Like a Jet stuff with seasons and moments, but figured with camp in full swing, it would be cool to go back and take a look at past guys' who tried to make the team out of training camp, and this will be the third and final week of that. With Tom Otiano, it'll drop this Friday at TurnOnTheJets.com and on iTunes.
1: Okay, thank you, Scott. And again, one more reminder to go subscribe to Play Like a Jet. Check every Friday for a new episode, both on iTunes and on on TurnOnTheJets.com. Make sure to come back next week for a new episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast, draft season, the Jet Take, and Play Like a Jet. And we'll talk to you all then. Thank you. Have a good weekend.